You're listening to The Sipping Forecast. This is a podcast about all things drinks and the brilliant people who make the industry what it is. So pour yourself something cold and kick back for The Sipping Forecast. I'm Sam Linter and I am head winemaker and managing director at Bolney Wine Estate. And Bolney has been going for a, a really long time in terms of, of British wine. Tell me about the, the history of Bolney. It has. We started, my parents were mad. They started out in 1972, <laughs> so 48 years ago now. Um, and they were very much, uh, I think all the people that started vineyards in those times are very much fine pioneers of the time and they probably were about the sixth commercial vineyard at the time to plant they so that yeah they were just absolutely bonkers but they just had this really really great idea that wouldn't it be really wonderful to to set up a vineyard and retire early and make lots of money out of it (laughs) my dad when he was at uni he went and uh he did a six months uh uh course uh, part of his course his uni degree in Germany and he stayed with a family who had a vineyard and and that's really where he picked the bug up from so so from the Moselle that was it Moselle back to Sussex and and he thought he could do it and he twisted my mum's arm and she thought it was a great idea and then uh, yeah um, 20 years later um they we realized that it was much much harder than we thought and we started making some slowly slowly making some good wine but it took quite a long time and how is it to to work in a in a family business you know you're the you're at the helm of it you're the the md and the head winemaker uh, in a family business how's that it has its challenges um I enjoy it. I love, actually, I really, really like challenges. So for me, anything that's challenging, having days that there's always something different happen, that really plays to 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 my personality. Um, I'm a change-orientated person, so so that, that floats my boat quite well. I, I love things to go right and to be done really well as well. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Working with family is not easy. Uh, there's no two ways about it. I've been doing this for 25 years now, and I think I finally, finally, in the last few years, we've actually got a really good balance working, where you come to work, and my daughter works for us, my husband works for us. That's quite tricky, and my dad's still around, my brother's still around, and it's how do you manage your personal relationships with a professional business one when you've got a whole team of people working for you, where you have to keep your personal relationship out of the out of the business, but you still have a personal relationship, and that's that's challenging. But the great thing about working with family is family because it's a family business they uh, will put in more hours they're more passionate they're more motivated they're they're quite incredible driven people who also really want to get it right because I suppose they've got a stake in the business so it means more to them but having said that family are quite special in that respect and I was wondering also if you had any tips because I work with both my partner and my mum as well <laughs> and how do you find that <laughs> uh, it can be wonderful it can also be extremely challenging I, I, yeah, it is, it is challenging, isn't it? I, I suppose for me, what, I, what I've learned is don't take stuff home with you. So you'll, you'll naturally, when you work with people and you live with them, you will talk about it at home. You will. It, it happens. But I've learned that there's certain things we do talk about and we don't talk about. So it's more kind of like high level business things and the day to day things, the day to day irritances. I try to not have those conversations at home because I think that tends to then be what builds up a bit of angst at home that, that you that you can't get past. So it's better to leave that in the office and not have those little petty conversations, as I call them. So leave them behind. That that seems to work quite well for us. And then just here, the, where I've learned to do it is actually I just treat them as colleagues, not as, as family. 
and very much have that mindset when I walk through the door. As soon as we walk through the door, and my husband and I were driven in together, we had a lovely conversation in the car, I walked through the door, that's it, we're both in, we're both in professional mode and, and it's not a relationship anymore. It's, it's, a, it's a different relationship, it's a working relationship. But that's taken us probably about 15 years to work out, if I'm honest. <laughs> it wasn't easy. We got there now. <laughs> oh, and you say that you're a person who, who thrives on challenge. How has 2020 been for you? I don't think 2020 has been good for anybody, has it? It's, it's been very difficult. We, For the business, we rely a lot on the on trade, the hospitality trade. Uh, and, and as you were saying, that, that that business has disappeared for quite a long time and is only slowly coming back now. So a lot of, a lot of our incomes, so we had to find, like everybody, we had to find alternative routes to market. We were very lucky. We have a website. And the website we have, we were able to develop very, very quickly early on. So we, we had, uh, funny enough, my husband does RIT. So he designed the current website that we're using. And so he was able to put a lot of things in place very, very quickly with my daughter. And we were literally putting loads of different apps onto it and, and different things like that to try and in- increase the sales. That worked really well for us. Some of the team we put onto furlough, like everybody else, some of the team literally you know when i said to everybody right we're in lockdown you can't come in we'll we'll slowly get in contact and work out what we're going to do on monday morning uh half the people just turned up anyway it was amazing we just came in on the monday morning okay there's people <laughs> we graham and i thought it as my husband thought it would just be us and there was a handful of people here and that that then became the core team of people who handled all the telephone inquiries did all the deliveries um so they're in the office they're out, they're out in their cars delivering wine it was just amazing and that core people saw us all the way through and they were the they were the stalwarts they were the ones that said i don't want to be at home please don't put me on (laughs) (laughs) they almost decided from themselves (laughs) so yeah it was it was amazing but we had to make lots of changes um you know what do we do with a cafe uh, as we, we started doing um, meals, takeaway meals for, for a while, that worked quite well. We did veg boxes, so a lot of our supplies to our, our cafe um, couldn't sell the fruit and veg that they had. So we thought, well, okay, we've got a route to market that they don't have. So they bought them in, we put them up on the website, and people just ordered fruit boxes, veg boxes. We got meat packs going in with a local butcher that we were doing as well. And we were literally just um, really just not really making any money on it but more just doing it because it gave everybody something to do as long as we covered our delivery costs which is what we did and we delivered them out so for people that couldn't get out and about or didn't want to we were delivering food in and wine of course um to them so we did that for quite a while as well and then and then as things progressed we started doing picnic boxes and people come and buy picnic boxes and we put lots of picnic tables outside around the vineyard when we're people able to do go outside more and then people will come and either take the picnic boxes away or go and sit in the middle of the vineyard with a picnic and a bottle of wine and disposable glasses and things like that, really. But we also worked, obviously, more on the other side of business, the trade, the um, the large retailer side of business that we that we work with. So we were very lucky there as well. And the vineyard, it was summer. Vineyards full on in the summer. So that kept quite a few of us busy out there as well. So, yeah, it doesn't really stop. Vines will keep growing. Grapes will keep being produced. And inevitably, you have to make the wine. So all of that, that actually didn't change. That was all very, very normal. So it was nice to have that sense of normality um, that just carries on going, whatever happens with the world. And um, and I really hope that I hope that people don't have short memories, actually. I hope that people remember and think about all of the things that the small producers have 
done um, to help support their local communities, things that you've just been describing, and also these things actually about bringing bringing cheer in a time when people have really needed it as well. So I hope that uh, people will remember the good things that that have been done over this this period of time. Yeah, I hope so. Um, there was a lot of people that, that have done a lot of very, very good things and a lot of things being offered, a lot of help and support being given across the board by many different people, not just small businesses, but other people as well. And uh, and it's, it's funny, isn't it? I know a few people have said, oh, you remember, this is almost like our war years. Uh, I don't think it is anything like the war years. <laughs> you can kind of see the sentiment that some people are coming to. But people look back on, on, on those times and they remember the bad things but they will remember their camaraderie and how we've got together and, and i wonder if to, on a much much smaller scale because it's not it's not the same there's no way you could even imagine it's the same but but if you people just imagine how people in those three four, four, three to four months actually really came got together and, and they did and it it and the people did and looked after each other and it was a, it was a really good time yeah. nice to see that and of the um, of the changes that you've made and behaviours that you've seen over the past six or seven months or so, which ones do you think are going to stick and that you're going to stick to or which do you think will kind of revert? Oh, that's a good question, isn't it? Um, of behaviours, I think one of the things we've seen here, we have uh, a really big balcony that overlooks the vineyard. And one of the things we saw right through the summer, we actually thought when lockdown was over, that we wouldn't actually be that busy. And we, the cafe was incredibly busy. We have, I'll be honest, we have never been so busy to, to, to the point that we actually really struggled to actually keep up with it. I mean, it's a nice problem to have, but we, we always want to really do the best customer service we can. And we, and, and that was a struggle in the summer because we were so busy. And I, and I, what we've seen is people were coming out and, and enjoying our space because we were outside in the fresh air, in the countryside. And people seem to be really wanting that and really enjoying and appreciating that. And I really hope that that, that carries on. I really hope that, 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 that everybody still appreciates the, the countryside as much as they have done this summer. So I'd love to see that carrying on. People getting outside much more than, than possibly we've seen in the past. So that's, a, that's something I'd like to see continue. Um, and I suppose also we've become... You know, we've become a little bit more aware of the people, people's personal space with social distancing in a way that perhaps uh, we weren't always quite so careful of before. And a bit more respectful, I think, about people because of that, because you're having to be, you become a little bit more respectful, haven't you? So it'd be nice to think that that, that little bit of respect that I've noticed, it carries on. However, I'd be nice when people get back to hugging each other again. Mm. I really miss that. I'm a huggy person and I miss, I, you know, it's for me, it feels so wrong. We're human, most human beings are fairly tactile, aren't they? And that just feels very strange that, that we're all standing two metres away from each other. Yes, and sort of waving like, oh, to friends yes, and family members and things. It's, yeah, yeah. I know. I haven't hugged my dad now for months. It feels really strange, but he's quite vulnerable. So I haven't been able to, which is really wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's such a challenge, isn't it? And that thing of yes, exactly, doing you know, doing the doing the right thing for the greater mm. good, and then having to overcome actually really just sort of what a natural thing to want to go and you know put your arms around someone and give them a give them a squeeze. Yeah. But yeah. those days will come again. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, that would be great. And um, and you know, you've already alluded to how the the grapes and the vines wait for no man that they just they continue doing their doing their thing uh, and have their own rhythm and stuff to it how has the year been on on that front been reading about uh, what the harvest has been like this year for example 
Um, I think it, it's it's the harvest has been amazing. Um, the the fact that that we had staff um, that we could bring back off of furlough to actually help out in the vineyard. So I had chefs pruning this year, summer pruning in the vineyard. It was amazing, and they loved it. And actually, mm. they for them it meant they had something they could do. It was an amazing summer. I mean, it's the best summer ever. Working in the vineyard when it rains, nobody likes doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like doing it. It's not talking. Yeah, the, the guys, my vineyard, my vineyard team, they're amazing. They're stalwarts. How they work through the winter months, logging in the mud and the rain, I don't know. But they are a very special set of people who can do that. The rest of us, not me, but. Um, yeah, so to get some of the other team out there, we had our compliance officer out there. We've had our, as I say, two chefs out there. And they've actually all loved it. And they've said, some sales team out there, and they've said, it's great because actually we've learned so much more about what this business is. So that's another thing that's a take out from this year. It's actually for my team here, a lot, everybody was doing different things. They've learned so much about more about the business as a whole and actually how we make the wine, not just the fact that, oh, here's a bottle I'm it's that how do we make that how does that all come together and i think that that also held people together a bit more because i think everybody's really mm. every, everybody struggled haven't they this year it's been a real struggle with anxiety with the depression with some people with certainly stress and when you can get outside and you can walk around the vineyard or you can work in the vineyard it, it's really helped so going through the growing season every time anybody here has started looking a little bit tearful or very anxious we said okay let's go for a walk and we'll walk around the whole of the vineyards and half an hour later come back in and, and it, everything feels right again so anybody started getting irritable we've, we've done that i think we've been so privileged here that we've been able to do that but doing that through the growing season as well so we've we, i think everybody here has actually seen flowering all the way through to <laughs> so that whole progression through that season everybody's actually witnessed it here for the first year ever because they just don't normally do that um normally they're, they're they're in the office or they're in the, the cafe and they don't actually get outside so this year everybody's experienced that and actually there's been a lot more interest in the team when it came to harvest oh it's harvest okay wait what's happening guys um so that's been good so that sense of normality of the vineyard always doing what it does but also that open space being grounded uh, which is a common term these days, isn't it? It's to be grounded, go outside. Uh, we've been able to do that here. So I think this team that have been working here and myself, we've been incredibly lucky having that space to do that. So it's been quite special. Absolutely. And I'd, and again, I hope that's one of the kind of the lasting things that people take is about, you know, without sounding too much of a bright and hippie, but that thing of actually going out and connecting with connecting with nature, having a look yeah. at a long horizon, um, yeah. at going for a walk in your local park, going and looking at some trees, doing any of those things actually really, really help us all. And it's kind of been an interesting thing when, when somebody else has made the hamster wheel stop, uh, how yeah. we then all kind of deal with it and, and crack on with it. Um, but I'm delighted to hear about your, your chef's out pruning and being kind of connected with that as as well and be yeah uh, be fascinating to see if that then reflects how they cook and produce things later on yeah. and if they want to change stuff to to reflect the vineyard uh, it, it yeah, they have they have talked about that so it'd be really interesting to see how they might evolve that especially when we get back into the scenes again again next year when they can get right when i was doing that this time last year i'm now in the kitchen um that would be really interesting to see. I think it's also quite interesting to see because of what we've done this year. And I wonder if it's the same with any other businesses, because we've all kind of multitasked in different areas. 
none of the the team here really are just just going back into their old roles and staying in their old roles they're actually moving around and, and and doing different things and they're, they're they're wanting to do different things so they've got their primary job they're also happy to go and help out and do this or help out and do that in a way that none of us would actually have considered before not because i think people wouldn't necessarily want to do it but nobody actually thought about doing it was now we're actually thinking oh i could go and help out over there it's, it's very interesting a very change of mentality isn't it for all of us and have yeah. you had the chance to do things that you haven't been involved with for a while um for good or for ill yes, I, yes. It's, it's, it's just i honestly i think this year this summer um since lockdown has been an absolute roller coaster just trying to come up with ideas you know where do we move next with business where do, where do we bring the, the money in that i can pay everybody with how, how do we do that everybody wants a business knows how difficult that's been this year so it does feel like a roller coaster but um I've been involved more with the head winemakers, so I get to make the overarching decisions. But um, actually, physically working in the winery a, a lot of the time is something that that once you become a head winemaker, you tend not to have the time to do. You and obviously running the business, I haven't had the time to do. You you get less in touch. This year has been the first year I've been able to get back more in touch again and actually being more involved again. So that's been really nice. Um, and actually, for me, getting around the whole business here because we've got the cafe we've got the vineyard we've got the winery we sell wine we do tours as well and i've been able to get involved in every area because we've had to change everything i've been able to get involved in every area back down to the basics again help uh, helping out or seeing where the problems are in a way that i've not done for probably three four years so it's actually helped me understand the business a lot more and how it's evolved from 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 those areas rather than i'm just seeing the end results of it so that's been quite interesting so yeah yeah, it's been interesting yeah it's been eye-opening it is always fascinating isn't it to see what happens when when faced with a challenge how do we react what do we rise to what bits of creative thinking come into play around stuff um and and also that kind of thing of you know you're working in an industry where you're thinking for many many years ahead with things but then also mm-hmm. needing to be in the moment and acting right now it must be a very interesting thing to kind of have that that tension i suppose between those two things yeah that, that, that actually is is quite fascinating because we as you know you you plant a vine uh it takes five years to come into a proper production then you take those grapes you make a wine and depending whether it's still a sparkling it could be one year to three four years before you actually sell the wine so when the main when you decided oh, i'm going to plant Pinot Noir because I want to make a red wine or I'm going to plant this. By the time you've actually made it and you've released it and it's come out the other end, the market's probably changed in a different direction. So you you have to be very adaptable and you have to look at what you're planting and how adaptable that variety is and what can you make with it. Well, Pinot Noir, it's, it's amazing. You can make sparkling wine from it, you can make rosé wine from it, you can make white wine from it, and you can make really good red wine from it. Brilliant. So now you've got a variety you can do different things with. So it's, it's really thinking through with that what do you plant in the first place when we started back in the 70s we planted german white varieties they don't grow very well in this country and there's very little you can actually do with them apart from making a white wine so very very restrictive so what we had to learn over the years is how how do we how do we plant a variety how do we look at the the wines that we want to make and where do we see the trends changing um, and styles changing that we can adapt to that so that was that was one thing but i think it's winemaking styles as well it's actually how, what do you do in the winery? And if you look at wines that people are drinking, the styles start changing slightly. There was a time when everyone wanted to drink Haute Chardonnay and then people went to want to drink fresh Sauvignon Blanc. And 
Um, Rosés became on trend, didn't it? Again, after not being on trend for many, many years, uh, and, and you 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 watch all of that. And but, so it's what you do in the winery that adapts with what the the the, the raw product you have to work with. So it's fun. It is really fun because you're always watching. Uh, where public demand is going, what people want to drink, at the same time looking at the raw materials you have to make that with, as well as knowing that you've got your brand. Um, so we've got Bonnie Wine Estate brand wines that people are used to, to drinking. They know the styles that we make. So you don't you want to be true to your brand and who you are and your 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 ethics mm. as well. But so how do you fit all of that in with actually changing the styles? and tweaking it to what people want to drink. So that's quite interesting. It's very busy. <laughs> no final woman for the job. Um, and you said that, that <laughs> this this year the harvest has been amazing. What makes an amazing harvest? It's several different things. The, 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 the key things are um, the spring. You need to have a, 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 a... Having an early start to the spring is, is advantageous as long as you don't get frost. Uh, so the earlier you start, the more you're in that frost risk. And, and really, you can be in a frost risk from mid sometimes to end may so it can be quite risky so it's getting through that period so you have bud burst and how you get through that period without having any damage and this year we were very lucky we didn't get hit at all by frost we came very close but a lot of vineyards did get frosted and i know some vineyards got completely wiped out and that's very sad that happened to us in 17 so it's it's a risky thing so you get past frost then you go through into mid uh, end june early july where uh, we have flowering and you don't want any rain during flowering. You want it nice and warm. You want the weather to be dry. So you have to hit that moment as well. And then through the rest of the season, you need lots of warm sunshine, ideally not very, very cold nights. You want a bit of rain here and there. And you want lots of sunshine. It's all about sunshine and, and warm temperatures. You don't need hot temperatures, you need warm temperatures. So you go through this whole period from, from bud burst in, in uh Oh, March, April time, working your way right, depending on when the season starts, working your way right the way through to when you pick. And we actually picked, because the season was so warm this year and started so early, we actually picked the earliest ever on the 14th of September. Normally we pick at the end of September. So you go through that whole period. And if you have everything that goes right in that period, you have super amazingly ripe grapes at the end, which have lots of lovely flavours and um, aromas that come out of the berries. They become more complex. That's hitting it perfect. How did 2018... It actually happened this year as well, which is quite spooky because I'm not quite as good as that in the UK as we know. But we've had two exceptionally good years where everything has gone right at the at the, the right time. That's been really cool. Apart from the fact we could have a little bit more rain this year. And when we'll be able to drink the 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 effects of this uh, this amazing harvest? When do they actually kind of hit the shelves, so to speak? Right. So. The still wines, we will be bottling those. Certainly the still whites and rosés, we'll be bottling them in March next year. So there's a fairly quick turnaround. They need at least a month in bottle to get over what we call bottle shock. And once they've settled down, we will be looking to sell them over, over next year. So some of them will go out quite early, some of them later in the year. The red wines, we try and keep six to 12 months minimum, if we can, in bottle before we sell them. So we'll bottle them in the summer months and be releasing them towards the end of next year or to the middle of the year after. And then the sparkling wines, they have to be in bottle for it. Legally, the the, law, the legal requirements uh, have to be uh, a minimum of a year, but we, we prefer to keep them longer. So it can be anything from one to three years from once we bottle them. We'll bottle them in the summer. So, yeah, probably a year two to three years after that we'll release those so yeah it's, it's very different depending on the wine you're oh, yeah it's just it's a, a fascinating business in terms of that you know what you're juggling with the immediacy of now is it raining is yeah. it going to frost and then thinking years ahead to 
to yeah. to the end result. Uh, um, Bolney's got a, a fantastic international reputation. Uh, what's been happening for you, kind of in terms of of export and stuff like that over over the last six months? How have you found things? It's 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 funny, isn't it? During the the whole lockdown period, I think a lot of the the world was locked down at the same time, wasn't it? And and nothing really moved. But the last couple of months, suddenly our export has completely taken off. And we've actually started seeing a lot more orders, actually new orders coming in from, from countries we hadn't had orders from before. So we're now, we're now shipping to Singapore. We've been in China. The US have been in for a while. China we've been in too for a while. Um, we've been in the Japanese market for quite a, for many, many years in uh, Norway as well. Netherlands, Belgium. So we've got quite a spread uh, around the world. We're, we're finding more and more coming through. So it's actually quite interesting, but I would say literally the last couple of months have been been surprisingly buoyant as far as the export market's concerned with a lot coming through, a lot of new orders. So, yeah, it's quite exciting. Well, I'm very, very glad to hear it. And particularly also if uh, as we uh, slither into autumn and, and winter and we wait to see, you know, what happens in terms of how our lives are, are managed and, con- and controlled here and if that's going to be happening elsewhere as well. Who blooming knows? Yeah. I think is the phrase that's I been know. used most by me this, this week. I'm beginning to stop trying to second guess things and just getting on with it instead. I agree with you. It is. And how do you run a business like that? It's just it's really difficult, isn't it? I think we've almost got kind of used to the uh, expecting the unknown. So we now have a, a, a another COVID lockdown plan in place that says, well, if this happens, we'll do this. If I'm doing this, if this, this happens, well, well, we'll come back and talk about that. And what else can you do? And then, of course, you've got Brexit. Should I say the, the dreaded B word? Oh. Brexit looming at the end of the year. And actually, what's that going to mean for us next year? Um, and we, we still don't really know uh, as far as our business is concerned. So we're still fairly unsure on that. But at the moment, we're, we're, we're just dealing with the COVID impact and we'll worry about Brexit next year because I don't know what else we can do, really. Okay. Absolutely. I think one of the, again, in the extremely long list of, uh, of lessons learnt from this year, there have, there's been the column that's things I can control. And then the other one, which yeah. is things that I really can't do anything about at all. And sadly, yeah. I think there's probably more in the second column than than in the the first. But I think that thing of being kind of yeah nimble and reactive to to stuff and trying to think creatively around things. But yeah. yes, looming Brexit that's a whole other podcast, yeah. isn't it? Yes, let's not go there. <laughs> it requires, <laughs> it requires a large glass of something in front of you as well. Yeah, I think that's that's, control. that's what you need, isn't it? I mean, I think you're right. It, it, we are in times where you need to be able to be creative and you need to move very quickly and and turn things around very quickly and if you can do that then you you stand a a good chance of getting through don't you and so you're really uh, you know you're very very well known within the industry you're one of the leading women within within the industry with roles whether at the WSTA or Wine GB I just wanted to ask you a bit about your experience of being a a woman running a, a wine business and how you found things oh well I've been doing this for 25 years if i am honest when we when i first started i i uh, got involved with the regional association which is the southeast vineyard association as it was called then and the united kingdom's vineyard association as it was called then quite early on that was challenging as a young female i won't i won't lie it was a very male dominated world in in those days and you you had to to stick your head about the parapet and stand up and be counted yeah it was it was challenging I won't I won't say it's not and then things moved on and more women came into the industry um I, I was very lucky um we're very close to Plumpton College here 
um, so when they had to come and uh, we, we quite often get groups of, of the, the guys on the, the oenology course come along and have talks with us and I was able to talk about my experiences as a female in the industry and there was there was ladies um, on the course as well who 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 I was able to they were asking me questions what was it like and I was able to talk about that things have slowly evolved anyway within the English wine industry and, and the general wine industry altogether in this country um, and, and it's, it's, it's really changed it's very very different now it's very different and there's 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 more females involved not just in as I say not just in the English wine industry but in the UK wine industry as, as a whole and that's made a really big difference so you see you see a lot of females everywhere in, in every genre now uh, which which I think helps. So yes, it's very different to what it was in the early days. In the early days, I was a bit of an oddity, shall we say. Um, now I'm not treated rudely by anybody ever, all, but always treated like, ah, oh, you're a female. Um, you're a token female. Are you a token female? We're not quite sure what to do you because we're 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 a group of we're a group of men, <laughs> and 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 it wasn't that they. I would say anybody didn't want me there. It was more a question of we're not used to you being here. Um, how do we handle that? And it was it was, it was more of that. It was it's, it was really quite weird um, and quite challenging. But I think you you have to push through any challenging situation like that if you want to see change happening. You've got to get in there and help the change to happen. Um, and that was very much my my attitude towards that. So that's that's what I went for. And you've done it. I have to say, you know, you've yeah. done it and you've yeah. been visible and you've shown that absolutely it's a it's a thing that, that can be done. So I raise my glass to you on that front. Thank you. Um, but not, there's a lot of other women that have done it as well, not just me. There's a lot of other ladies out there who have done similar things. Yeah, but I suppose it's that critical and mass thing, isn't it? And you're absolutely right when yeah. you say that if you can't actually see, you know, you, you need to be able to see yourself somewhere to be able to then go, yeah, I can do that. I can I can be that person. That yeah. job is for me. This, this industry is for me. Um, and... Finally, gazing into your crystal ball for t- for twenty twenty one, which of course this year has taught us that none of us can possibly gaze into the future about what's <laughs> about what's coming. But what do you think's coming? What do I think's coming? Um, I'm eternal optimist. I think people that have vineyards tend to be eternal optimists anyway. I'm not sure how you'd survive otherwise. Um, what do I think's coming? I can't see the COVID situation being over that quickly, if I'm honest. So we're planning for it to to go on at least the middle of next year, if not longer. But we've, we're modelling and shaping our vineyards around that and our business around that to a point anyway. Uh, we are working very hard on a new uh, website and a new uh, e-commerce side of our business as well, because we think that's quite a strong thing for us to be doing going forwards. Do you know what I see? At some point, at some point, when this is all over, and uh, we've got a vaccine that everybody's been vaccinated and or, or ways of treating COVID that, that then it, it becomes less of a serious thing. I don't know what the answer is, I'm, uh, but but once there is a solution, uh, if the solution happens and it's a quick one rather than something that happens in, over a period of time, then I see a massive relief from everybody. And wouldn't that be amazing to have everybody going, yes, we've got our lives back and get back on with them. And I think that moment would be absolutely glorious, wouldn't it, if that actually happens? I can't see that happening, though. So if I gaze into my crystal ball, I think this will, this will grad, this situation will gradually approve very very slowly and it will improve slowly and we'll slowly come out of it and we won't notice we're coming out of it but we'll be out the other side and we'll all look back and go, oh that's normal now oh that's weird I forgot what that was like when we're back in, in COVID world so that's what I think I think human beings are incredibly adaptable 
and I think we've adapted into this reluctantly and not easily and nobody's enjoying it but I think we'll adapt back out of out of it and and then it it will become a distant memory I hope. You've been listening to The Sipping Forecast with Cathy Caton, a podcast on all things drinks. You can subscribe in Spotify, Anchor FM, Google Podcasts and a host of other platforms. And if you want to get in touch, please do. We'd love to hear from you. You can tweet at Cathy Caton or at Brighton Gin and we'll get back to you. And if there's someone you really want to hear from on The Sipping Forecast, just get in contact and let me know and we'll do our best to make it happen.